0: I'm here for the TLF Research Conference. This uh, so is customer inside conference. Research, yeah.
1: Customer yeah. Insight, your main room will be in a room next like, week on Stratford. So Brilliant. Because you hosted this are okay. Um, yeah, head uh, yeah. on to
0: Stratford.
1: Breakfast on the second floor today. Second floor. Breakfast on the
0: second floor. Okay, okay. Thank, thank you. you. Welcome to TLF GEMS, a podcast from TLF Research about customer experience and insight. I'm Stephen Hampshire. And I'm Greg Roche. And in this special episode, we're going to be reflecting on the Customer Insight Conference that we, we ran in London. Um, I was going to say recently because I forgot my latest, on, on the 7th of November uh, 2018. Yeah, it,
1: it, it was, and it was a, it was a special event as, as well. One of the purposes that we set about doing these days is not just to share knowledge, but to meet like-minded people, people who want to satisfy their customers, um, people who see customers as important, but overall people who, who want their organisations to be successful. Um, and, that, and that was a big part of setting the first presentation, Stephen, in making sure mm-hmm. that in terms of making research actionable, all the things we talk about, and specific, specifically what you talked about, at the, Conference, making sure it all links into business success.
0: Yeah, and I think um, your your first uh, starting point, which I always gets people giggling, which is probably quite a good thing, is is some research that was was interesting, uh, but probably not all that actionable uh, about the extent to which men and women would choose the same partner given the the choice. Um, we probably uh, probably don't need to share share that too much. Um, but yes, uh, I mean obviously there were some more some more um, that was uh, the best bit. Some more business relevant <laughs> parts to the presentation as well, so the service profit chain, digging into the, the details between you know the difference between strategic and tactical research, which is something Chris picked up later on in the afternoon. He did, yes, he did um, very well. And of course the the famous top 10 traits that listeners to the podcast will be familiar with.
1: With our clients, there's probably three different reasons that sort of people get, get involved in doing a survey. You know, are you doing something at a strategic level that is all about the commercial, you know, the net promoter score, what's your headline measure, is it NPS, you're linking it to bottom line improvement, it's high level relationship survey, this is what we're doing, or are you doing a more tactical, perhaps measuring those moments of truth. Lots of quantitative data. We're looking at do these behaviors happen that make a difference? Do they happen in this call centre or by this team? You know, are, are these things really sort of happening all the time? Or are we doing a survey? Because we want to hear what customers are saying, very much have some voice of the customer feedback or impact or storytelling to bring into the organization. And I think being really clear about which of those sort of objectives you're trying to do obviously lends you to which way is best to collect data. And then um, I think the way we divided the data, a bit more theory in the first session, with Rachel then talking um, talking very much about planning your research programme, because one of the things that we see, and a really big part of what Rachel was, was sharing on the day, was that making sure you get actionable insight coming out at the end, you've got to have the right input so you really need to plan your research programme properly because the output is only ever a function of, of the input.
0: Which is um, absolutely true, it's something that that we know and we would tell people and yet it, it's easily, the importance of it is, e- is easily forgotten isn't it? it, it thinking upfront about what do we what do we want to do with this research, how do we want to report it? How do we want to communicate it? Um, starting right at the beginning with who's ultimately who's the audience for this? What are their sort of hot button issues? How are we gonna need to be able to report this in order to address their needs? Um, and I think I thought I thought Rachel did a really good job of spelling Me out too. in terms of the audience's needs.
1: You know when I think it's a really good presentation is when actually it Somehow at the end, you've got more que- you've, you've enjoyed and learned a lot from the presentation, but you've got more questions. Mm. And I think Rachel did a really good, um, a, a really good session in terms of raising the thoughts sort of in a, in a checklist manner mm. to, to make sure that, that you cover everything. Um, and then she obviously did the plug at the end of saying, you know we have a dummy research brief that you can use as sort of a scope. Um, and I'm expecting the take up on that to be pretty good because that really does take you through how to write up a, how to write a brief, warming up customers, the questionnaire design,
0: feeding results
1: back, and is, you know, it's just a really useful bit
0: of text. Yeah, and we'll put a link to that in the, uh, I believe they're called show notes uh, that go with the podcast. Um, but yes, yeah, so if you're interested in, in that sort of dummy research brief, we'll, we'll put a link to it uh, in the notes.
2: If you put together a proper plan, it's going to stand you in really good stead for years to come. Um, I work with some clients, and maybe I shouldn't say this in front of my colleagues, I'm probably using the same plans that I've been using maybe for eight or nine years. And it's not because what they do hasn't changed, it has. Plans can flex a little bit, but if you put together a really good plan and you've got a really, a really good foundation, actually, you only need to tweak it one year after another. So any time spent planning is really time well spent.
1: And then we 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 got to you and Mark doing a doing a, a, a double act. <laughs> I feel I should say something really insulting, but it was really quite good what you two did.
0: Mark, I mean Mark, in a way, had the um, not easier job, but the, but the more probably the more glamorous <laughs> job in some ways. I'm of not sharing, sure he'd agree with that. Sharing client <laughs> case studies. So he, he shared three examples from clients of ours that, that we've seen use research results in a really uh, compelling way to drive change in their organisation. So it's what, he, what I really liked about Marx was that, I mean, A, it's always nice to see actual examples. Yes, um, it's all yeah. very well me pontificating, as I did, but seeing, seeing what real people have actually done is, is more powerful. And I think, B, it, the, the way he broke it down in, in terms of the, the nature of communication to different levels within a business. What, the, the, the key of,
1: learnings at the different
0: levels, yeah, I thought that was really good. Yeah, so what worked for directors, what worked for managers, what worked at the sort of frontline staff level.
1: Yeah, and he broke it across the, he did B2B, B2C and housing. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that comes across, or came across on the day, and it does when we run these events, is regardless of sector, there's a lot of shared learning that the challenges are very similar regardless of sector. And, and I thought it was really good the way he'd done it by level and across, mm-hmm. um, and across sector. And there was definitely lots of people taking notes on that. Nothing better than seeing what someone's done. In reality, is that
0: yeah? And I think this, if I had to pick a couple of themes, the themes for me would be yes, it's true that that you need to do a bit of proof at that sort of director board level. You need to show the value of, of the customer experience, but actually, even at that level, it's often you know the, the more infographic approaches, the video approaches that are bringing yeah. customers to life that really gain traction. So you know. It is necessary, I think sometimes people assume that those more kind of, the more uh, sort of softer, more engaging storytelling styles are for customer comms or internal comms, uh, which they are, but I think they're also for, do you want to make a splash at a director level? It can be really impactful at that level. Mm.
1: And I particularly liked what he showed at the other level, the front end, the branch staff level, the customer contact level, the staff level. Because at that end, to really get it down to, this is what you need to do in a tangible action, mm. like call back within this time, do this to do that, I think that's fantastic. Because that is really taking it to a very, very specific level.
0: Yeah, it, that's what makes it uh, memorable and it also makes it kind of practical. Um it, In a way, we're we're leaping ahead to to what I I was talking about a little bit in, in my talk, but yeah, I think in order to make something actionable, you need to make it clear what I personally need to do differently. Yeah. Anyone here who's running a survey like this, the challenge at the end of a survey is actually driving some change, and the way to do it is using some of these methods of actually telling a story.
1: And it did dovetail very well into your of it, which I thought was nearly as memorable as your waistcoat you were wearing.
0: (laughs) You love that waistcoat.
1: (laughs) Or as we call it, his snooker attire. Um, It was really good, Stephen. Again, I think you took an assumption that we all think about actionable insight. You challenged it intellectually very strongly, and you brought it to the conclusion. It is there if you work at it if you put effort in, if you put communication in, and, and if you see how it all links, how it all links together. What, what was the key message you really wanted to try and land with the audience?
0: Yeah, and I think in a nutshell, that's exactly it, that actionable insight is, is a bit of a rubbish buzzword because it's so often asserted with no, nothing to back it up. So it's, it's just some interesting research that we say is actionable, a, a, and it isn't. It takes deliberate work um, to turn an interesting research finding into in- actionable insight um, and specifically I talked about three stages so turning research findings into insight which is basically about interpreting them and also packaging them so that they're memorable yeah um, I talked about that Theodore Levitt quote you know people don't want quarter-inch drills they want quarter-inch holes yeah as an example of, a, of an insight because it's so visual and yeah so concrete and, and so memorable um, the second stage is broadly speaking what what I um, where I see design thinking fitting in customer experience. It's connecting up what the, re- the insight has told us about what works for customers with what people in the business actually do. Um, and I talked about a couple of examples and some tools for that. And then the third piece is all about storytelling, really. So you know, the cons- consistently communicating what, what that is yeah. that we're going to do and why it matters.
1: What was that point you made about the hospital, which I thought was really good in terms of how they understood the types of customers they have?
0: Yeah, so that was uh, an example of design thinking at the Rotterdam Eye Hospital, which is it was in a Harvard Business Review article. Uh, and it's, it's a really good example of design thinking in practice, I think. So they identified four customer uh, personas, or patient personas, if you like, um, which were Googlers, uh, basically people who want lots of information and yeah. facts. Dominant customers who need to feel that they're in control of what's happening to them. Uh, quiet people who, who need a bit of space and time to, to think and reflect and, and absorb what they've been told. Um, and emotional customers who, who need comfort and reassurance. Um, and you know those four personas are interesting in their own right, and yeah, they are. probably pretty yeah. widely applicable. What I thought was brilliant about the, the work at Rotterdam Eye Hospital is that they understood the same person could be you know all four of those on different occasions, uh, or certainly more than one. Yes. And there's no meaningful correlation with age or gender or you know, experience right. or anything else. So we don't know by looking at you which of those you are. Uh, and the upshot, therefore, is you, they need to train staff to look out for indicators. Right, the of, signs of you know, which... Where are you right now? Yeah. And then deal with that. Um, so I think that's th- that amount of, of you know, emotional intelligence and sort of flexibility at the front line being supported by that deliberate design thinking research with customers I thought was a, That's a, excellent, a, a really good example. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: um, without going on too much about yours because I don't want you to think it, it, it was as good as it really was, <laughs> the bit about the hearts and minds again I thought was really very interesting and I could see it got the reaction from the audience in bits of it isn't just the words that are said, it's it's the body language that, that says it and how you say it as well. And you know, customer comes first is in every organisation, but is the organisation living that out in its mm-hmm. actions? Um, which I just thought was was a, a very practical way of looking at hearts and minds, because it's an easy said phrase, but a difficult thing to uh, to achieve.
0: And sort of made me think a little bit. We should
1: somehow put it on our top ten.
0: Yeah. It- it's interesting. I asked the question at one point, you know, why do change initiatives fail? And, and someone in the audience shouted out, um, which, which is a good thing, by the way, I answered them too. But someone in the audience shouted out, you know, it, it, because it's actually companies that don't really mean it, they're not really committed to it. Um, and I think, in a way, you know, that wasn't the answer I, I sort of had prepared, but it does explain the answer. You know, the Absolutely. Not being yeah. committed to it is why is exactly what people pick up on. Particularly in internal comms, they don't really mean this. They don't really think customers come first. So why should I act as if, as if they do?
1: And I think the point as well that you can't over-communicate is a really, really um, a big one as well when it comes to sort of communication. We hear that false myth a lot. Mm. Customers don't want updating anymore. I'll get on their nerves.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, we've just shown over and over again with clients that even if customers are annoyed, actually they're still happy. Um, yeah, and that's that's the beauty. So you know, the, the proof of the pudding is that they they don't become less satisfied when they think you're contacting them too much. Um, right. So there's no harm to be done. No. It's definitely a cliff edge if you don't do it enough. Mm. So why take why take the gamble? So what I want to do today is look at those two words, insight and actionability, and really dig into, do they have any substance? Or are they just marketing fluff? Are they just words that we use as researchers to make us sound cleverer than we really are? My colleagues, particularly, Greg's looking very nervous at me at the moment. My colleagues will be relieved, I think, to hear that I do believe there can be substance there. But it takes work. It takes deliberate, conscious work. It doesn't just happen on its own.
1: Yes, and then after lunch, we had our keynote speaker, um, Andrew Davis. And I didn't really know what to expect from Andrew because you don't often get someone who's going to talk about social media, um, digital marketing
0: um,
1: and the customer Mm. together. But he did, and he was fascinating.
0: I, I thought Andrew was excellent, actually, yeah. R- really sort of straightforward, um, but you could see... Th- th-
1: there was a logic was a, to it. There was a lot of yeah. depth
0: to it, actually. Everything he said was simple and straightforward, but based on, on something yeah. much deeper and stronger uh, behind that. Uh, and I had a chance to, to interview Andrew afterwards. and And, right. and, and um, if, if the audio quality is decent, I'll include that in, in this episode. But, um, yeah, I, again, I got the impression from talking to him, he thought... Quite hard about all this stuff. He, he, there's depth there. It's not just a, a lot of talk about you know digital and, and particularly social media. Feels quite sort of facile and, and yeah. trendy. And one of the points Andrew was making was actually nothing is different here. You know, you still need to sell stuff to people somewhere. Yeah. What's changing is behaviour and, and technology. Um, and uh, I thought that was a really good way of conceptualising it.
1: I think he, the way he explained as well that the principles are easy. Mm. Sorry, a simple mm. doing. It. it's not easy <laughs> and you have to put the um, effort in. There was a couple of really interesting things he, he showed as well in terms of the, beha- the changing behaviours of people. People's attention span. And he didn't really elaborate too much um, in the presentation, but he had an excellent slide up that showed that the average human now has seven seconds worth of sort of short-term memory when they get something, and that a goldfish has eight seconds, which which I thought was quite was quite amusing, and I think something we could all relate to. He also showed an absolute fantastic video. Um, sort of taking the online purchasing experience that you go through and applied it to buying a loaf of bread, mm. which um, I could just see resonated so so well with 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 the audience. Um, it was a really good video.
0: Yeah, he showed a few videos, which yeah, that that one was very funny and, and worth yeah worth finding on YouTube if you get a chance. The other one with uh, Tiger Woods walking on water, I also thought was a a really good example. And and you know the point he was making with it is. You know the the defining feature of social media is the two way conversation it allows companies to have with their customers. Yeah, uh, and that's true from a kind of marketing uh, viral point of view. It's just as true from a customer experience point of view.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think what I liked is, is it's what it's there. It's engaging with people. It was uncontrolled, but it was real. Mm. And and it, I, th- I thought it was it was absolutely it was absolutely excellent.
0: Okay, so I'm here with Andrew Davis, who's just finished a really interesting keynote at our Customer Insight Conference. And Andrew, would you want to start just by sort of quickly summarising your takeaways? I know you've just spoken for an sure. hour, that's <laughs> like, what's a bit unfair. What's a sort of thumbnail version?
2: So the takeaway, so the, the talk was called putting the so what into social media and digital, but really with a focus on social media. Uh, the key takeaways was kind of, first off, looking at where we are right now in social media in 2000 the end of 2018 going into 2019 um, and, and showing the audience that I've been working in this space for 18 years now and what I've seen from working from 2001 to now, nothing has changed in the sense that from a business point of view, you still need something to sell, you still need someone to sell it to and you still need somewhere to sell it. Yeah. But what has changed is understanding the user's behavior and the technology as well. So our attention spans decrease, that's a behaviour change. We want more convenience, that's a behaviour change. And when it comes to technology, understanding how the platforms work and their changes um, and what drives them, but ultimately things like your mobile phone. So that was kind of like the first area that I kind of set. The next section I went into was content and rather than saying how to create content, it was more to say the type, what makes digital content, in the sense that It's not a case of creating more and more content. It's creating one piece of content and getting the most out of it. I always look at content as if this is your album. And no artist would just create an album and not promote. It's just they'll have an album and then they've got to do the interviews, Joe Wiley live lounges, the concerts or whatever. And that's kind of what I wanted to kind of show when it came to content. Uh, The next part I wanted to show was what happens once you click publish. And saying that when it comes to your content, people are only gonna find it if they search via keywords, somebody shared it with them, or it worked with the algorithm of the website that they're using. So in this presentation, I talked about Facebook's edge ranking, i.e. what gets you in the newsfeed. And then I talked about the art of storytelling, because ultimately everyone's telling a story, it's just that people are telling a bad story. So to make it a bit more fun, because obviously it's more of a keynote than a training session, I wanted to use uh, film. Uh, Something that pretty much everybody is aware of and I talked about how films are structured, how certain characters are structured, what character represents your customer and what character represents you and what you can do taking them on a a journey, Um, each step of the journey, what actions can they take and how you can go about doing that. And then last but not least I kind of ended it with um, more to do with the kind of the ROI, the action they take. Um, I had a bit more, but time was against me. I, think, was I couldn't go into the him, metrics, yeah. but uh, time was against me. But that pretty much was the structure.
0: And I really enjoyed the bit about storytelling. Because sure. I, 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 mean, I completely agree with everything you said. Mm. And I think that, that positioning of, you know, you're not the hero. The audience is the hero. The customer's the hero. Mm. You're the mentor. who's yeah. sort of setting them off on the journey. I think that's A, a exactly right. And B, it really helps, I think, to, to explain, and you link this really well, how um, you have to demonstrate understanding, you have to demonstrate authority, and you have to, uh, what's the third thing? Personality. (laughs) Personality, that's right, yeah, yeah. I like it. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. And that plays, like I said, it plays such an important part, I think. When I I started doing the the hero story, I actually started learning it when I was at the BBC, Mm. um, and then a bit more when I was at MySpace, but from a training point of view, I've been probably doing it about six, seven years now. And I only talked about three steps, there's actually, five more Mm -hmm. (laughs) that kind of makes those films which obviously time was against me um but ultimately one of the things that i I learned over the years training and and working in social media and digital is that this stuff's simple it's not easy but it's simple and and subtly what i wanted to kind of show the audience without telling them is if i can break it down in a simple way it kind of will make them think well actually this is simple And, Mm -hmm. and using film is pretty much a way. Like for me I break most things down in, in film, TV, sport or music. <laughs> and they're kinda of like the main things that most people kind of tend to yeah, relate we'll to. Consume those things, yeah,
0: one or another. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you about is mm. I mean, you um
0: seem to be coming at it more from a kind of I guess a marketing and sort of acquisition point of view. Yeah. Where would you see social media sitting and digital I guess in
2: general in terms of customer experience? Yeah. So from a customer experience point of view, to be honest, when I talk about it from marketing or sales, really the underlying thing is always about the customer. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily the customer is always right, um, but everything kind of has to revolve around the customer. So when I talk about creating content, it's creating content for the customer. Um, however, you can't ignore yourself. So uh, you can't, if, if for example, your customer wants videos, but you don't have the resources for videos, then obviously we need to work out another way. So customer, I talk about content for the customer. When I talk about the promotion, it's that customer journey from how do I receive that particular piece of content? Um, ultimately, how do I make me feel? How do you make it more convenient for me? Um, how can I engage with that? How can I make, you make it easy for me to share that? Um, which are all to do with some of the action points that the customers, when I talk about action, it's all to do with the customer's action yeah. rather than that. And as a marketer, um, I, th- I think with marketing, you've kind of look at it in two areas. You've got the, the, the yeah. brand side of marketing and the data mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. And the data only works because of the customer. Um, and, and as marketers, how do they go about doing that? As people that's to do with customer experience, what does the data tell you? Yeah. Um, Sales people, what does the data tell you? And um, One of the things I talked about at the end I talked about the whole thing as a relay race. Mm. Um, and I, I use sales and marketing because I've, I assumed that the audience was mainly sales and marketing. Um, but ultimately, it's the whole organisation. Mm. It's the whole organisation, whether it be some or, organisations has customer experience people, um, some will be comms, some will be PR, some will be marketing, some will be sales, senior management. It's all to do with how they integrate with each other, yeah. um, which ultimately goes down to... Yeah, carries person. on
0: being a... The relay race, I guess, doesn't finish without you know, the sale. It finishes. And then, yeah, Yeah. what happens after
2: next? Because, again, once you've got the sale, it's like, well, how do we keep the customer? How do we get them to buy more? Or how do we get them to share more and be advocates for us and make them say, you know what? I really enjoyed, I love this organisation. I wouldn't consider swapping. All I want to do is tell everybody else about it. And that's ultimately the tools that we've got access to, it's just a matter of how we use it.
0: Brilliant. Thank you very much for talking oh, to us. No, i really enjoyed you your talk. Um, you.
2: Where would we send our listeners if they wanted to find out sure. more about you? Sure. So what I've got, my website is called thinkingoutsidetheblog.com. So that's thinkingoutsidetheblog.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, so my vanity URL is slash Andrew um, M for Miles and Davis, D-A-V-I-S. Um, and on Twitter, I'm at Andrew underscore Davis, D-A-V-I-S. And they're the best places to reach me. Um, on my website, there's a few... I'm very much big on resource guides, so there's like at the moment there's um, a guide of 401 uh, free marketing tools. And when I say free, not free for 14 days, I'm talking free all the time. Um, and in the next few months, you're going to see a few other very, very interesting bits that I've in the process of, of finishing up.
0: Brilliant. Well, we'll put those links in the show notes as well if Brilliant. anyone wants to find them. And thank yeah, you. thank you for your time. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers.
1: Um, and then we sort of ended the day with um, Chris, who I thought rounded off really well. Going last, he pulled together a lot of the threads that had been talked about through, throughout the day, and really in terms of, uh, of looking at, are we measuring the right things? And he picked up on, on lots of particular themes during the day. Um, went through the main players, the customer satisfaction index versus net promoter score, flirted with trust a bit and then into the ease of doing business and, and, and the customer effort, but kept pulling it back to this is about organisational success.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think it's funny because we're in the business of measurement. We probably should more than anyone else be, be ten, or tend to be lost in the weeds on the, the, the sort of ins and outs of technical differences between the measures. But I think all of us over the years have, have got to the point of saying well, the, the metric is, is the least important thing. Not that we don't have favourites or we don't think some are better for some situations or others, but really if we're debating which metric, we could be having a more interesting conversation about something else. Absolutely.
1: About what are we doing? What difference are we making? Are we making the organisation more successful by making our customers more satisfied? And throughout the day, we kept talking about that, doing best, what matters most.
0: Yeah, which is something Something I think we're going to make more and more of. And, you know, it, it's been... You know, it's a phrase I picked up on sort of day one induction at TLF in 1999. uh, And maybe maybe we've forgotten how powerful it is.
1: Yeah. Did you not get the tattoo on day two? (laughs) Yes, I did, yeah. (laughs) I think it is such a strapline and it works so well. And I think it really just encapsulates that everyone has a measurement of satisfaction. We know how we're doing with our customers because we survey them. But you really know what matters most to your customers. And was it the same as yesterday? Is it going to be different tomorrow? And which customers are you talking about? Mm. I think there's a lot lot behind that. So overall, we're just pulling the scores together for the day. It looks like the average score is over 9 out of 10. Really good event. Seemed that people enjoyed it. Um, And I guess we'll be doing another one shortly.
0: Yeah, so if you were there, thank you very much indeed. Um, If you're in the housing sector, we have a housing-specific conference coming up uh, next February, which you might be interested in, Uh, and otherwise, we will definitely be running the Customer Insight Conference again because, yeah, it felt like a success to me and hopefully the delegates thought so too. We'll be back soon with another episode on one of the top 10 traits. Uh, Until then, thank you very much for listening.